This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 44 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They offer supplements designed to give you the most value for your dollar. Visit them at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And, I, and I'm Debbie McDonald in Thousand Oaks, California, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Debbie. I almost lost my way then. I was going to introduce you as well. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> oh, it's been a long week already. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm kind of losing my voice from teaching, but other than that, I'm doing well. Excellent. Well, we've got a, a, a fun show for you this week, haven't we, with your friend Adrian Lyle as our guest. Absolutely. I just love her, so it's fun that you're, you know, doing something with her, for sure. Well, terrific. Well, we'll look forward to talking to Adrian a little bit later on in the show. And, and then we're also going to preview the World Cup, Debbie, this weekend. It's taking place as we speak over the uh, pond there in the Netherlands. Um, do, do you wish you were there? I, I do. I think it would be a very interesting one to watch. I think there's a lot of great horses there. It should be very interesting. So, yeah, I wish I was there. Yeah, I do too. You know, the the, the World Cup finals are special, aren't they? There's just, just something, there's just a special atmosphere. They're different to anything else that we have. And, and you know, you follow the season through the qualifiers and then you get to the final and um, it's just a special atmosphere and, of course, a great venue over there in Hytogenbosch. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in, in the show. And the last since, since you were last on the show, Debbie, you've been pretty busy having some good results that we're going to talk about with Adrian, of course, later on. But uh, what else have you been doing? I have just been teaching and teaching and teaching. <laughs> I just did a, um, a para clinic, which was quite um, interesting and inspiring, I must say. I did uh, two days of a para clinic right after the last horse show in Show Park. I had donated a clinic for breast cancer, and um, a mother of a para rider bought it, and um, they had some para classes at the horse show, and they thought that would be the best turnout. So I ended up having um, quite a few. I think I had seven, I believe. So it was, it like I said, it's very inspiring. They are hugely inspiring, aren't they, these riders? Debbie, w- w- was your group of different grades or all at the same grade? No, I had a grade one and uh, a couple grade twos, I think a three and a couple fours. So I had, yeah. I had just about the whole spectrum. Well, and so what kind of things were you able to help them with very specifically? Um, you know, anything that was, was specific to their disability? Uh, tell us about us, you know, because it's fascinating. You said that was the first one you've, you've done. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've had the um, honor of teaching um, Holly Bergay, and um, so, you know, she's really the only para rider that I've ever had much experience with, and um, other than the fact that she was born without a forearm, she's completely normal, and she has function of everything, so um, it's, 
it was very different for me. Um, the grade one rider, for instance, had had an accident and was pretty much paralyzed from the neck down. She did have enough sensation and enough strength to hold on to handholds on the saddle, um, and she wore a corset um, to keep her back straight. But we did just work on, um, it was interesting when I'd have her try to bring the horse to a halt, and we had a handler close by, so, you know, if anything should happen. But it was very interesting to me when she would halt how straight she, her body would get. So I just kept pointing that out to her the first day. And, you know, they, she couldn't go very long. 20 minutes was a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just kept working on that position when she'd come to halt, making her aware of how she felt and how her chest would sit if she was to look at the horse's neck to try and put her chest in the middle, you know, and just little, I mean, I, I was experimenting to be very honest and just trying to give them a lot of support. And the second day she came out and we all just looked at each other and smiled. I mean, she was sitting up there like, and, and she could breathe better because she wasn't collapsing her diaphragm. I mean, it was just, it was really interesting and inspiring. Wow. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I have no experience at it. They had some people there that were from the Shea Center, and they also, you know, said, you know, how they work with her. And I just kind of, you know, took it. Hope was there. The para, um, I don't remember what her position is, but she was there from the horse show, and she watched, and I'd say, okay, what do I do with this one? You know, you got to help me out because I'm not real familiar with this. But it was something that was, um, it, I, I, I loved it. I really did. It was very fun. Yeah, I, And then I, I went right from there, I went right from there and went to do a three-day amateur clinic up north. So <laughs> <laughs> I just got home last night. So I'm, you know, kind of worn out, but that's okay. <laughs> Where did you go up north, Deb? Paso Robles. I did an amateur clinic for the uh, California Dressage Society. I'm doing three in California this year. Good. Well, you have a very busy schedule, don't you, and a very busy year ahead. And uh, we're going to hear a little bit about what you're going to be doing with Adrian a little bit later on. Uh, But before we get to that, Debbie, we've got a few items of news this week. Not least of all, um, there was two big competitions, the CDI in Dortmund in Germany where Anki van Grunsven won with Painted Black in the Grand Prix Cur, that's CDN, uh, with a score of 80.80. And followed close, following closely behind was Isabel Wirth with El Santo NRW um, on a score of 78. And in third place, uh, Holland's Hans-Peter Minderhood riding Tango with 74.45. Uh, Debbie, that uh, horse of Isabel's is uh, really making a mark for himself. Have you seen this horse yet? I have not seen this horse. I'm very anxious to see him. Um, I hope that we get that opportunity if we go to Europe. Maybe he will be at one of the shows. It would yes. be interesting. It's very interesting because these riders always seem to have new horses coming up, and so it's exciting to see what they get, you know? Yeah, it really is. I'm looking forward to seeing him because, uh, as I say, he's already making his mark over there in, in Europe and uh, great for Isabel to have this, uh, uh, you know, another horse following in, in the footsteps of Veronicht and Sachmo. So good for her. Um, well, Anki had a, a very successful show. She also won the Grand Prix for special CDI with Salonero on a score of 76.638. 
followed by Germany's Matthias Alexander Rath and with Sterntaler UNICEF and 74.34. And then Isabel with Sachmo uh, came in third on 73.234. So busy weekend there in Germany. Um, yeah. We also had a busy weekend over here in uh, in Florida, Debbie, last weekend at the uh, CDI Winter Equestrian Festival at the Wellington Classic Dressage. And and Canada did, did really well then. Belinda Trussell, she won both the Grand Prix Curve to Music and the Grand Prix with uh, Anton. She scored 73.90 in the Kerr and uh, 70.638 in the Grand Prix. On both In both classes, she beat uh, Todd Fletcher with Otto. And in third place in the uh, Kerr was Jacqueline Brooks, also from Canada, riding Balmoral. And in third place in the Grand Prix was uh, Lars Peterson, Den- Denmark's Lars Peterson, with Beamer on a score of 68.383. So our friend uh, Robert Dover must be very pleased with Belinda and the Canadians doing really well down in Florida this season, weren't they, Deb? Absolutely, they are. Um, they're quite strong right now. So um, we've got to get our act together. yeah yeah we've got our work cut out for us that's for sure i you know i think there's there's a lot of truth in that there really is you know when you think of uh the weg a little bit later on this year the world of question games and uh, how they really could creep up on us if we're not careful oh very much so i mean you know uh you look at at uh what we have as far as a season combination and we really um, only have Stefan at the moment in hopes that maybe Tip Top will be back in shape. But, um, you know, we definitely um, have a lot of great, great young combinations coming up. But, again, these are newer combinations, and you just don't know. It's a long way still till September. So um, we just hope we keep moving upwards. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned there Leslie Morse's Tip Top, who had that uh, attack of colic and was uh, operated on. We reported that on the Dressage Radio Show. Have you had any updates on his progress, Debbie? The last I heard, Leslie's been pretty good about keeping me updated. Um, he's doing incredibly well. So, um, it. I mean, it, it was quite a surgery. And, uh if it hadn't been for the fact that she was so close to the vet clinic at that horse show and the great surgeon that did the surgery, he definitely would not have made it. So it was an amazing, amazing recovery that this horse is giving us, you know. It yes, very, very, very scary time for them. Well, it's good to know that he's, uh, he's on the right road to recovery there. And we will keep you posted with updates of Tip Top, hopefully uh, he will continue to make good progress and we'll soon see him back in the competition arena. Well, that about wraps up our news this week, Debbie. Um, we're going to take a short break here for our friends at Amazon and then when we come back, we're going to catch up a conversation, get uh, Adrian Lyle on the phone and uh, enjoy that conversation in just a second. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Glenn the Geek here, and we get many emails every week from people who really like the shows, and they ask how they can help support the Horse Radio Network. Well, you already do that by listening to the shows and by buying from all of our fantastic sponsors. And now you can add to that by supporting us directly and very easily. The next time you need something from Amazon, just go to any of our websites and click on the Amazon banner in the middle of the page. 
Then go on and buy your Amazon items. It won't cost you a penny more, just an extra click. But Amazon gives us a little bit back just because you clicked on the banner. Tell your family and friends to do the same thing. Every little bit helps us to keep giving you the quality equestrian programming that you have come to love. Thanks for listening. Well, thanks again to our sponsors and our, our guest, uh, Debbie. Uh, I really, I shouldn't, I shouldn't interrupt this introduction. This really should be your introduction. I think nobody could do it better than you. So why don't you take over <laughs> and introduce our guest this week, Adrian Lyle? Yes, this is this is Adrian Lyle that's going to be coming up, and um, of course, I'm very proud of her. She is my assistant and also a great person. So, um, Adrian. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Adrian. Um, it's uh, it's great to have you back on the show. I know the last time you, you were here, you uh, went away as the now reigning champions of the Dressage Show quiz competition. But there'll be <laughs> That's no, right. <laughs> there'll be no quizzes this week, but we wanted to get you back on the show because you had such a wonderful season so far. And not least of all to our friend Debbie here. Uh, well, congratulations on, on the successes you've had this year. Oh, thank you. It's been a, f- a fabulous start to the season, hasn't it? It has been fantastic. So what are you putting in the water, Debbie? Well, uh, we're trying to plan a trip to Europe. Um, Adrian's finding that it's pretty difficult to get everything to coordinate. <laughs> and, uh, and it, you know, just trying to get a little bit more experience and exposure before she heads to the trials. Yeah, very, very excited. But I was thinking you, you, you're obviously getting something right here, Deb. What, what, what's the magic potion? Oh, I think it's, it's a lot to do with who's on top. <laughs> she's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, like I said, she's, uh, she's got amazing feel, and she's fortunate enough to, you know, have a horse. So the two together makes my job pretty easy. Well, let's back up a little bit for our audience here, Adrian. Um, those of those of you who have not uh, been exposed to your riding yet, and tell us a little bit about how your uh, Grand Prix dressage riding career began. Because I believe you began in Western, you did some Western and Pony Club on the West Coast there. Before um, you. Yes, it started out a long ways away from a Grand Prix dressage arena. Um, I grew up on a little cattle farm, and so I did start out riding Western on some ponies, and then did pony club thing and did eventing for several years and then I kind of fell in love with dressage when I was probably like around 11 or 12 which I think was kind of considered odd at the time since most people my age still found dressage quite boring then but I was always fascinated by it and um, I always watched Debbie and Brentina compete and they were my idols Um, so as I got a little older when I got into college um, I convinced my parents to let me come down to Sun Valley for the summer and show up on Debbie's doorstep and beg and plead for some lessons and of course Debbie can't say no to anybody so I got some lessons there with my horse and then um, they offered me a working student position and then um, I went back and finished one more semester of college there and then they offered me a full-time job which of course I jumped at the opportunity to do that. So in which direction were you heading at college then? Was that just a, a, a formality? You were just walking the walk to satisfy your parents? Absolutely. <laughs> I was studying um, business management and pre-vet, not really wanting to go into either field. All I've ever really wanted to do was work with horses, but I figured that if I was going to be there studying something, those would be two useful things to know. So at least I did 
learned some stuff while I was there. <laughs> and, and how old are you now? 25. So do you remember, Debbie, the first time you sat on eyes on Adrian? What, what were your earliest memories? Well, I just, um, I remember, you know, seeing her pull this gray horse out of the trailer and, and in my mind had already figured out what type of rider and horse I was going to see coming from Whidbey Island. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I was just prepared to, you know, give her a good, as, you know, good lesson as I could and, you know, just have her come back a couple of days and then I'd be, you know, done. And then the first time she rode, I, you know, when she was just warming up, I went, I said to myself, oh, my gosh, this girl knows how to ride a little bit. And then as we kind of progressed through the lesson, it was very obvious to me that she had this, you know, very gifted feel for what she was doing. And even though she had some training, it wasn't extensive by any sense of the game, that just proved that you know, she was like a sponge also as well, as far as just, you know, taking in information and being able to produce it, which, as you know, is not always easy. So it's definitely a gift, and she has that gift. So, Adrian, when you first met Debbie, then that, that first lesson, were you, were you, do you think you were riding as well as you could, or were you, were you overcome with nerves and, and, you know, anticipation of, of riding for your idol? Well, I think after you meet Debbie, anyone who's met Debbie, she makes you definitely not feel nervous. So I think once I was up there on the horse, I was all right. I was a little intimidated meeting her, but then, you know, once you got going and she teaches so in the moment and you just get you know dive right into things so you don't really have time to think about anything other than your riding so who who who, who, who (laughs) (laughs) that's still the case then she's still paying full attention is she debbie Yes, absolutely. She keeps me in line. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what advice did you have before you met Debbie? Then, with your dressage, Adrian, um, I'd had you know pony club trainers, and I'd had some a couple people that I'd worked with in the Seattle area, but I'd never had the experience of like being in training with someone, and I didn't have you know the financial means to do that. So it was always kind of like save up and get like one or two lessons a month, and then you'd just would have to go home and practice that till you got it perfect so that you could come back and have another lesson. <laughs> so that was kind of how a lot of it was self-taught and a lot was through experimentation, I guess I would say, <laughs> on my, my string of poor ponies that I had to play around with and see what worked and what didn't. And that's about where I was at when I came to Debbie. And so it was just great to step right into a program where you had consistent help and had someone you know, on an eye on the ground every day. And I think that's made a huge, you know, difference in how fast you progress. So you were undaunted, undaunted then in following in Debbie's footsteps at that time in your, in your career. Well, that was always my dream to be doing this, what I'm doing now. I wasn't always sure it was going to happen and not happen this soon, certainly, but it was definitely where I wanted to go. So, so talk talk us through those next uh, year, months uh, as as you progressed as a working student there, um, Adrian. How, how did that unfold for you? Um, well, I started out, you know, when you start out a working student doing grooming and all that stuff, which you know I still do. But um, and then I started getting a chance to ride a couple of the horses at the barn, you know, when Debbie would be out of town or for clients that were out of town. 
Um, and then I got the opportunity to go with the Thomases and with Bob and Debbie to the auction over in Meriden, where they purchased uh, two young horses that first year that I got to kind of ride and start to, to bring along. So that was kind of how I got into the riding part of it. So, Debbie, what were you seeing as raw talent at that time? Well, I think, you know, it, for me it was exciting to see um, this kind of innocent, and she didn't even know what kind of talent she really has. I don't think she still does, but um, that's what makes her special, you know. Um, and I think it was just a lot of that and her her character, the way she was willing to work and still is, um, she, you know, it's a 24-7 job, and she thinks so. And she still, you know, she still will work that many hours as long as it takes to get the job done. So, you know, and I was looking exactly for somebody like that because, um, you know, that's kind of how I grew up doing it, and there was no way I was going to, um, you know, hire anybody that wasn't at least going to work as hard as I was. <laughs> Well, of course, the hard work is is part of it, and and being part of a team, and and that, of course, all came at a perfect time for you, Debbie, didn't it? Because, uh, you know, you've been ret- well retired, retired from the from international arena now for what, uh, a year, is it? Yeah, it, it seems like it sure went fast, though. <laughs> yes, but it has. It has been a year, and um, and I'm definitely um, enjoying doing the coaching role for sure. It's I don't miss the show arena at all. Well, finding someone to to fill your shoes was was obviously, uh, you know, a very critical decision for everybody involved. Uh, tell us about the choice of horses and, and partnering with those horses, Adrian. How how uh, or either De- Debbie, if you want to comment on that, how how you that all fitted together in those early days. Well, first I'll just tell you, and then I'll I'll let Adrian take it. But I think first the the first thing was was while I was at the Olympics and in quarantine, um, I had left uh, Felix. She'd already been riding Wizard when she came. I thought that was going to be a no brainer to start with because she obviously was a a very good size for him. And But I was still riding Felix at the time, and I had her schooling him. And when I got back from Europe, I was so impressed when I got back that I just thought, you know, this is perfect timing. And I just, I just said to her, um, what would you think if I wanted you to continue on with this horse? And then I'll let you take her take the story from here. <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of hacking the horses and stuff while Debbie was gone and, and I I got back and I hadn't you know obviously been doing a lot of the movements just kind of working on you know the quality of the connection and trying to do my homework on him while she was gone so I didn't mess him up too bad and then she got back and I think it was like the first lesson she goes okay run through the Grand Prix and so just to see how it went and I think we kind of ran through most of it and I hadn't really done that on him before and it just you know it clicked and it went really well and yeah, it was amazing. I still can't believe she handed the reins to me. I'm very, very lucky. So summarize for us, if you would, this the season so far. You've been on the top of the leaderboards now for a few shows over there on the West Coast. To talk us through those shows, Adrian, and how they've uh, how they've progressed for you and the training, how it's all come together. 
Um, yeah, the first uh, CDI that we did was up in Indio in Thermal, California, and um, that was an exciting show because it was in a huge indoor tent in kind of a very electric environment, um, but it was a very exciting show, and Felix was the star there. Um, he came out and won the Grand Prix and then came back out again the second day and won the special. Um, and then Wizard ended up winning the freestyle the third day there, so they were all quite good horses at that one. And then um, at this last show, I took Wizard to the CDI and down in Dressage Affair, and we came in second both days behind Stefan and Ravel, and he, had, he was consistent both days. And with Wizard, it's always been... He's got the physical talent. It's trying to just keep everything contained, and he is a little bit greener and getting him mentally relaxed and focused in the ring, and I feel like we accomplished that at this last show, and he's starting to come together quite nicely. And you started by saying, Debbie, what um, you have planned now for the immediate future. Um, as as we record this, we're on the eve of, the, of course, the, the World Cup finals in Hertogenbosch this weekend. Uh, then, of course... Things start to open up in the outdoor season, both in Europe and on uh, and elsewhere. What, where will you set your sights for your campaign now? Um, we're thinking uh, we're trying to plan a trip to Europe with Wizard at the moment, and we are looking at the CDI in Hagen and then the one in Munich potentially right now. And that would be my first time competing over in Europe. And so I just think it's important to go over there and get the exposure for myself and my horse and for me to see that environment and what it's all about. And, and do you get nervous at the big events? I don't think so. <laughs> I guess we'll see when I get to a big one. I don't feel like I get particularly nervous, and Debbie's very good at keeping you from getting nervous. She never puts additional pressure or anything like that on, so you just kind of stay focused and go out there and do the best ride you can do on that day. It's all about experience, isn't it, Debbie? The more exposure you get to it, and, and you obviously appreciate the importance of being exposed to the European scene as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it, it's going to be really fun actually to take adrian there and and kind of relive that feeling i had the first time i went you know you kind of forget those those days as you get older and um i think it'll be kind of just real fun to see her um have that feeling you know it's always something when you get a chance to do that it's always something to uh remember and and sometimes like i said we forget as we go on through our careers that feeling so uh, it'll be exciting i'm looking forward to it so tell us uh, what happens after that then as you get through you get past hagen hagen and uh, and munich and then you come back here uh, how how will your schedule unfold up to the uh, selection trials well basically um right after we have another horse show coming up uh, not this coming weekend but the weekend after that'll be the last show that we will do here in California. And then the plan of attack is all the horses will go back to Idaho. And um, Adrian, Wizard, and myself will stay here in L.A. till we leave to go to Europe. We will come back from our trip from Europe. And hopefully we are both hoping that we get to go home for about four to six weeks before the trials because we have not been home since October. So we, we both are quite homesick at this moment. Oh, 
Oh, I, I, I can imagine. But, you know, it takes this kind of dedication, though, doesn't it, to to make it to this next level where you know where, where you are heading now, Adrian. Does does that fear, does that fill you with the excitement or trepidation? How do you feel about the prospects of how this year would unfold? Oh, I, you know, I'd just go wherever Debbie went. So <laughs> if I had to move to Timbuktu, then we'd go there. <laughs> so I'm just enjoying it so much that um, I guess I'm still caught up in the moment because I still think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, you must be terribly proud, Debbie, you know, to have a progeny like uh, like Adrian following so closely in your footsteps on the horses that you've watched uh, proceed, you know, and progress through their career too. Do you get nervous when you're watching Adrian? Yes, she does. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I know. I mean, I have had more comments and that it's more fun to watch me than it is Adrian in the competition. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's in the background of every one of my videos, bouncing up and down. Half the time, Bob has to put his hands on her head and control her. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to watch, you know, because you just want so much for for it to all go right. And we know how horses are and we know we just know how it goes you know and it's like oh you know you just want it so bad for them but um yeah I, i'm pretty much nervous when she's showing. <laughs> well you clearly have got a great team effort going there debbie and you know we want to wish you all the very best of luck adrian you know whatever whatever she's mixing in your drinks over there she's doing the right thing <laughs> Well, we're keeping that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as I remember, it, it was se- several months ago, early last year or be- even before that, I think, Debbie, you said to me it's about your secret weapon. Um, and we're certainly beginning to see why that why you called it a secret, secret weapon, weapon in the form of uh, Adrian Lyle. And we want to wish you both the very best of luck. And Adrian, good luck and, and your, and your in, international debut. Um, and we look forward Thank to hearing you. from that. When I'm sure Debbie will come back and tell us all about it, right? I will, for sure. Oh, wonderful. Well, again, congratulations on the season so far, Adrian. And we'll look forward to catching up with you later on in the season. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, that must have been fun for you. As you said, you're very, very proud of this progeny of yours, Debbie. And 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 I, I got a feeling you'd be the nervous one on the sidelines somehow, you know, <laughs> trying to sit on your hands. <laughs> oh, I know. I guess, you know, I do all sorts of weird things out there. I, I You know, I'm not aware of it, but it's. You know, I'm going to have to learn to tone that down because that's not very professional looking. <laughs> but I have to learn how to do this. I'm not used to standing on the side, so I'm sure in time I will tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy it while it lasts. But then I'm going to have to ask you, when you were competing at the top level and, and in those different environments with the pressure on as a team member or as an individual, Deb, did, did you have nerves that you had to channel, or how, how did you, how did that play out for you when you were on the horse? Uh, I did. I mean, this is another thing that amazes me with Adrian. Um, I I dealt with a lot of nerves. Um, you know, I I watched Stefan eat a cheeseburger, and I'm in the bathroom and eating an emodium. You know, I mean, <laughs> it was it's so not fair. You know, but. Um, <laughs> That's kind of like um, how Adrian is. And, you know, I keep thinking that one of these shows, she's going to get a little nervous. I mean, you know, and but she 
she doesn't seem to do that, and I'm just I'm just blown away by that. So, like she said, we'll we'll see if she gets a little nervous in Germany. But I just have a feeling that this girl's just gonna canter right down center line like she's done it her whole life, you know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. There's the nerves and how you channel the kind of excitement and anticipation before a competition, and and all our riders out there, I'm sure. You know, no matter what level you're at, Debbie, you you're going to deal with it at, in some way. It's either going to be excitement, or it's going to be nervous anticipation, or it's going to be uh, it's almost going to affect your riding. You're going to be so terrified of of that. Oh, I know, I know. So do you um, do you have do you have a little tip? How did how did you actually deal with it? You know, it's really hard for me to say. I mean, I. I don't know that I did handle uh, it that well. I was always fine when I got on the horse, um, but I really, I had a hard time sleeping the night before. You know, I really couldn't eat before I would ride, um, and we were the only sport that wouldn't wouldn't get like a sports psychologist, which was very quite annoying. You know, now they have changed that. I think now we actually the equestrians will will have that option. And if we had had that option, I would have definitely taken a, uh, you know, the opportunity to have used it. Um, it, I think it would have helped me a lot. Um, and I mean, I physically would make myself ill for sure because I, you know, the nerves and a lot of people don't know that because the mare was so good and things went well, but I did. I suffered, I suffered a lot with nerves for sure. Well, you certainly were true professional because we would never have, have guessed that. And, and it must be a huge relief to you that you don't have those butterflies uh, fly, flying out of formation in your stomach anymore. It is. That part I do not miss. I can tell you that for sure. Um, but I have still those damn butterflies because I'm watching Adrian now. So <laughs> I'm just not in the bathroom as often. That's all. <laughs> Well, maybe the difference is that the butterflies are now flying in formation, uh, but they weren't flying in formation for you. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. All right, Debbie. Well, we're going to take a short break here for our friends at Kentucky Performance Products, um, and then we'll be back to preview the World Cup finals, which are taking place this weekend. So don't go away. We'll be right back. You can count on Kentucky Performance Products to provide scientifically formulated, research-proven products that target specific challenges facing your horse. In the spring and summertime, one of those challenges is the heat. Horses sweat, and when they do, they lose critical electrolytes, electrolytes that play a major role in optimal performance. Loss of electrolytes can cause fatigue, muscle weakness, and dehydration. Horses offered supplemental electrolytes have less stress-related problems. They rebound from exercises sooner and return to feed quicker after exercise. Summer Games electrolytes from Kentucky Performance Products were developed for the elite athletes competing at the 1996 Atlanta Olympics. Its research-proven formula replaces the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when horses sweat. Its concentrated low-sugar formula provides more electrolytes per dose than many leading brands. When your horse sweats, replenish his losses with Summer Games Electrolytes. Brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, helping you keep your horses healthy, sound, and competitive. Visit them at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. 
Well, Debbie, big weekend here. As uh, the show goes to air, it will be right in the middle of the World Cup finals in Hertogenbosch in the Netherlands. Uh, you know, this is going to be a close call, this competition, isn't it? There's so many really, really good combinations that are going to be vying for that title this year. I know. I mean, I'm really... Um I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. Hard to beat Edward, I think, right now. So we'll see. I think that's going to be the one to beat. You think Tortillas will will have the edge over um, Adeline Cornelissons with Jer- uh, Chief Force riding Jerick Parzival, and they've had a terrific uh, winter, haven't they, of competition? They have. They have. But I don't know. I'm kind of edging uh, Edward a little bit on it. We'll have to have a talk after and see how it ends up, but um, it will be exciting because there's there's a couple of really, really great combinations right now that are that are scoring quite high, so very yeah, fun watching. It will be great fun to watch this. Of course, the other Dutch uh, partnership is Imke Schellekens Bartels. She's going to be riding Hunter Douglas Sunrise for that title. And, uh, of course, uh, the the ever-competitive ever Isabel Wirth will be there with the German three-hander. She's going to be riding Verumnicht, FRH. Uh, Matthias Alexander-Rath is going to be riding Triviant, UN, UNICEF. And Carola Koppelman will be riding Lebeau. Well, it, Patrick Kittle, who was our guest on the show last week, is going to be riding Sandic. They secured an impressive second-place finish to qualify for their World Cup final debut. And from the Central European League, there'll be 28-year-old Domiko Rapkowitz riding Randon from Poland. And the 39-year-old Australian Brett Parbury is going to be riding Victory Salute. He qualified from the Pacific League. While Brazil's Luisa Taveras de Almeida is going to be riding Samba to represent uh, the South American Asian region. Of course, Stefan Peters' absence means that there are three further places that, that were offered instead of just two. And these were allocated to Belgians Jevron Devereux with Apollo van der Het Viverhoff, Austria's Peter Mosel with Quantro, and Denmark's Natalie Suzanne Wigenstein Berleberg with Digby, while the two reserves are Sweden's Tin Willemsen Silfren with Favorite and Poland's Katarina Mikhelvek with Ecuador. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the cream always rises to the top, doesn't it, Debbie? But uh, it's still going to be a very exciting competition. I think if you do, you, do we want to take a little bit? I don't know if I can bet against you. You're, if you're going to get, if I put your money on Edgar, I'm not sure I'd be brave enough to. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 a, it's a horse race. I mean, anything can happen. So, um, just going on what what I have have watched, um, that horse is pretty consistent. So. I don't know. I mean, you know, we all know horses can be horses. Nobody knows that better than myself. So, um, but I, I would have to say right now I'd be kind of edging it a little more towards Edward. All right. Well, I can say I'm, I'm not going to put any money against you on that one. And uh, I, I don't think many people would, you know, but I suppose anything could happen. As you say, horses are horses and the freakest things can happen, but at least they have the uh, hometown advantage. That's right. And we should mention, as, as I said there, Princess uh, Natalie Suzanne wigenstein Berlenberg. she's going to be competing at the World Cup Finals this weekend, and it will be her last competition because uh, the, the Danish princess is six months pregnant, and the baby is going to be due in July, so uh, 
Princess plans to be fit again for the World Equestrian Games. The 34-year-old German-based Danish rider and her partner Alexander Johansman were married shortly after their engagement was officially announced by the Danish Royal Court at the beginning of January this year, and their wedding will take place, and in, in, the church wedding will take place next year. So congratulations to the happy couple there, and I'm sure it'll be very exciting for her. I mean, six months pregnant and riding in a World Cup final. What do you think to that, Debbie? <laughs> Well, let's just hope she doesn't fall off. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> um, I, I mean that's pretty impressive, I guess. Um, there's a lot of people that ride right up to it, but um, that wasn't me. But <laughs> I guess everybody <laughs> goes their own way. But I, you know, I, I look at this and I'm thinking, did they plan this? That this baby could be born and she could be fit for the wig? I mean, did, how do you plan that so well? <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly was pretty pretty uh, good timing, I'd have to say, you know, to, to be able to ride in the World Cup final, then then have the baby and then still have time to be fit again to compete for your country at a World Equestrian Games. That, that's that's uh, timing at its best, you know. Yeah, that was pretty darn good timing, that's for sure. So <laughs> I hope it all works out well for them, and I wish them all the best. I, Natalie's a great, great girl, so I've enjoyed her very much. Well, great. Well, maybe you'll catch up with her when you're in Europe um, this summer, Debbie. Yeah, that would be fun. I hope I do get to see her. Well, we have just one email this week, uh, Debbie, and Sheila writes in. She said that uh, she would love to hear more about Cindy Ishoy and her past partner, Dynasty. You remember we started a series, well, asking you to contribute to great partnerships, and and this was one suggestion. Cindy Ishoy, of course, the Canadian rider, and her re- previous partner, Dynasty. So we'll certainly look into that, Sheila. We thank you for writing, and she says she's a great show. She really enjoys it and would, uh, and thanks us all here for making this show possible. And, uh, of course, we like to thank our sponsors again for making this show possible. So look out for those great partnerships. Uh, when, once I can connect with these, because some of them have disappeared, Debbie, you know. <laughs> you I know. know. The very, <laughs> it's 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 hard sometimes to find the ones that you know are no longer competing or no longer active in the sport. Exactly, it is very difficult. So, um, so we'll try and do that and start this series here very soon. And I'm I'm trying to reach Nicole Uphoff, of course. Um, you know that was one partnership that uh, with Rembrandt that so many people want to relive. So um, um, that that's that's a work in progress right now. But as soon as we can, we will get this series underway. Uh, thanks again for writing in, Sheila. Don't forget you can uh, contact us here on the Dressage Radio Show at any time. We love to hear from you. And I also want to mention that we have been posting or started to post updates on the progress of our friend Courtney King Dye, of course, who suffered that very serious accident and is in a coma in Florida Hospital. And uh, Lyndon Gray, her good friend and, and, tra- and previous trainer and mentor, has been visiting her daily, spending time with her. And Lyndon was very kind to come on the show. And uh, I recorded a special episode on sat- Saturday of last week, that uh, March the 20th, and that was uh, posted on the website, dressageradio.com. And whenever Lendon is uh, feeling able to do that again, she knows she has uh, only has to pick up the phone and we'll be very happy to include those updates for you all to hear because I know this has reached out around the world, Debbie. You know, there's so many people out there who are very concerned, obviously, and following Courtney's progress. So it's nice to be able to facilitate that 
communication. Absolutely. I mean, I you know, it's something that uh, she's. I think of her. I can't tell you how many times a day. Um, it just. It's so hard to believe that um, you know this has happened, and I know we're all praying for a miracle for her. That's for sure. We we certainly ha- are, and we and she has the support of the entire dressage community. So we will bring you those updates as we have them here on the Dressage Radio Show. Don't forget you can uh, follow our show notes on dressageradio.com and follow us on Facebook and uh, on Twitter as well, as well, Horse Radio, and you can follow me at Chrissy Stafford. And uh, send us your emails to chris at Horse Radio Network or leave us a voicemail, 270-803-0025. I want to thank our sponsors again who make this show possible. Then don't forget to check out our other shows, The Stable Shoop Show. It's another weekly show with Glenn the Geek and Helena B. And I'd also like to thank Brian, our editor, for making us sound good and for Glenn for <laughs> keeping the show on the road. And also Debbie for joining us here again. Debbie, I know how busy you are and another exhausting week of travel for you but so much is happening we really appreciate you finding the time to join us here on the dressage radio show well it's it's my pleasure it's always fun to come on with you chris and we always seem to have a good time so i'm glad to help out (laughs) well terrific well so what are you going to be doing in the next week or two are you are you going to be able to take any any time to yourself or is it still go 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 no i think it's going to be go 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 until um Probably till we get to Europe, and then with only one horse, I'm, you know, I'm sure I'll find time to to relax then. So, um, you know, that's okay. Just a few more weeks, and then uh, and then I can have a couple a couple weeks to kind of take it a little easier. Chill out and and, and see your husband again. Yeah, that will be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll be looking forward to you coming back. Obviously, we'll follow your progress uh, over there in, in Germany. We look forward to doing that. And again, thank you so much, Debbie. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate your sport, support. Nice to know that you're out there and you enjoy the Dressage Radio Show. I'll be back here again next week. So until then. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the Dressage Radio Show and enjoy your writing. 